Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luang, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise as we preach and teach your word and heal that, Father, you will touch us even this morning that will be transformed and renewed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are teaching on the sower, soweth the way. And we are looking at the characters of the seed that we have turned it into personalities. Last week, we started on the sower, soweth the word, and we looked into where the Bible teaches us. Um, can we go there, Mark chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, and uh, verse 14 to 15. These are our scriptures, and today we continue why uh, the seed on the wayside, why those non-committed Christians or uh, the seed that is on the wayside, why those who are not committed end up failing and to achieve the things that God, and they continue to be rolling stone, moving from one place to another, and we establish that uh, they are easily offended. It says, here can behold... There went out the sower to sow, verse 4. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowl of the air came and devoured it. And we spoke about the fowls of the air that Jesus speaks later in the, in the same chapter, verse 14 and 15, that this is Satan. He says, and the sower soweth the word, and, there, and these are they by the wayside, He's talking about people who are on the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, after they have heard the word of God, Satan came immediately and took it away the word that was sown in their heart. And what we discovered is that consistently when Jesus was teaching, you always had the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were highly skilled and knowledgeable, who knew much Every time Jesus spoke and preached, they argued in their mind and they looked at their scriptures and they came with alternatives. I don't believe that. I believe this way. And so they remained on the wayside and the word which was preached didn't profit them at all. And as the Bible says, Satan came immediately and took away the word and their life was destroyed. Just, I'm just going to go through the points we did so that you understand Today, why these people fail to understand the call of God or the things, the wayside people, the non-committed Christian, this year as the year starts, make a decision, I'm going to be committed. I don't want to be a rolling stone, a person on the, on the side, uh, offenses and so forth that you need to deal with. Number one, last week we said the seed is influenced by its surroundings and the company it keeps. And the Bible says some fell by the wayside and the fall of the air came and took it. We said the seed had the potential and the power to grow and to be mighty. But because it was exposed, it didn't have the capacity, uh, it didn't have a covering over it, and therefore it was easy picking for demons and every wind of doctrine. Whatever that came, to them it became life. And this is the challenge that I give to you to say, make a decision to be a good follower, make a decision to be a son in the house of God, make a decision to be a disciple, so that you can, you can mature. We said the seed was picked by the base of the air because it was not covered 
we said you must you, the other part, the seed didn't die to itself because uh, John 12, 24 says, unless a kernel of wheat falls down to the ground and dies. So traditionally, uh, non-committed Christians, the wayside Christians, are those persons that never die to themselves. They are extremely opinionated and uh, political in everything that they do. And we said you are a single cord when you are a non-committed Christian. In other words, even when difficulty comes, you will be easily broken because you have no deep foundation according to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12. And number two, we said you are not a bad seed or shriveled seed. And we explained that the shriveled seed is if you, you put the seed in the ground but it's never watered, the moisture of the air gives promise to the seed. The seed almost in the process of germination because there is no continuous watering the seed dies, it shivers, and therefore it doesn't matter later, even if the rains come, uh, it will not mature. And the wayside, the not committed Christian uh, has that tendency. In the beginning, they show promise, but in time, they just feebles away and become nothing. And you can read the book of Joel, chapter 1, verse 17. It talks about that. So you have to fight against non-commitment this year. You have to make that decision this year. And fight against non-commitment. You fight against offenses and stubbornness. One of the things that are painful is to have a great potential but be easily offended. Listen, you can't be a great leader. When we talk about you, you get offended. Listen, all human beings, we talk about them. We talk about their clothes. We talk about their hairstyle. We talk about how they are, they are walking, how they are talking. All those things are part and parcel of human life. You must die then so that nobody will talk about it. And even when you are dead, we will be talking about you on your grave, on a grave site to say this one was like this, was like that. So make peace with the fact that the offenses are part and part of every day. You have to make, have a clean heart that even when people have really offended you, this is why I say, I've already made the decision, I forgive, even though you have hurt me, I've forgiven you. And my struggle to get it right but it's not negotiable. It's not something that I have to think deeply about it. I know I have to forgive. And uh, the prayer that I pray, Lord, let, it, let, let me forget about it. Because you will not treat people fairly if you always keep grudges. You will always say, oh, so and so. Even though it's a, it's a season for you to flow with that person, because they spoke about you some time back, you reject them, and you have just rejected your future and your movement forward. Don't forget every other person that is here, your success has come because somebody showed kindness towards you. So, be kind to others. So, to be committed, make that the fight to be offended, be very stubborn uh, to achieve, to be uh, in, in the light or the right path with God. And we said, the, the non-committed people, uh, they are, the wayside Christian, appear to be mature. When you are standing and talking to them, they, they will appear mature, humble, quiet, but in truth, they are critical. When they meet other people, you will see their true nature. They will eat you alive and lick every little bit of you. And before you know it, uh, they are part and parcel of those that uh, are offended and hate. And it's very funny in the church that uh, you will find the people that are offended, we see it in political parties, that they form cabals. They try and control other people by their group, by intimidation and so forth. Make the decision this year, I'm going to move forward and I'm not going to be 
in the offended group. Can you tell your neighbor, I will not be in the offended group. Yes, don't speak bad about your leader. There are people who have an appetite to criticize, uh, to gossip. Don't forget the things you say today, they are small. Your turn will come. Every other person do trip and fall. There is no one here on earth who will never trip. Yes, so when you are strong, the Bible says take care of yourself and take care of those that are weak so that you yourself you will not fall into the same. So the fact that my church, I'm prospering, I'm doing well, I have no right to speak about the pastor who's not doing well and criticize them and like one pastor said, we are lazy and useless. And I, we just spoke. And today somebody was telling me, saying, if he's got 50 members, he's serious. He used to have like 2,000 people. Now God humbles you. I don't know you know the pain. You come from that high to that low. You really quit. You even change city. You go to another city or another country to try and uh, restore your dignity. And this is part and parcel. Your current status is not permanent. That's why the Bible says the crown never stays forever. Yes, the crown never stays. Even whosoever is a king today, tomorrow might be a pawn, not a king. And his children might be walking on the street begging as if nothing good ever came their way. So be sober-minded. Don't allow yourself to become critical when you are in the company of people who hate uh, who's, who assumes you are in their side? There are people who assume they are in their side. They are critical, they are take church leadership, and they have short memory of the good done for them. Number four, we spoke about the seed fell by the wayside. We say the wayside is a hardened heart. These people are in your company, they are not committed, they have hardened their heart that I will not do it. It doesn't matter what, what they say, I will not do it. I'm not going to leave the church, but I'm not going to do anything. One of our uh, old leaders, when we are asking, you know, uh, commitment, he says, I don't mind, you can give me any work, but no, no sales. I don't want to be in the cell. I don't want, and I said, you know, there's no shortcuts. Cell is one of the things that is difficult. If you realize how difficult it is to run a cell. So every cell leader is a powerful leader. But then you want to come only to preach. Wow. So we gather the people for you, and then you come and preach, and you preach rubbish on top of that. You come and tell us things that we have no interest whatsoever, that will not take us where we are supposed to be, things that will just excite our emotion and our mind. The, all these things are good, but they are not necessarily the things that will make you to be worthwhile in, in the long term. Praise the Lord. So we said, fifthly, number five, the wayside Christian has grown in, in in the church, and uh, he is uh, matured. And uh, we say they refuse to be committed. They are disengaged. They have no commitment. Uh, they have resigned themselves, and uh, they stop any spiritual activity. Like now we are praying and fasting. They know we are praying and fasting. But when they leave, uh, they will say, oh, me, I don't fast. I don't fast like them. Uh, I fast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, my fast is not like them, four to nine o'clock rubbish. For me, I eat across the day, but I eat only fruits. You know, that, that, that is a hardened heart. When you refuse to follow, one thing that people don't understand is that the seed you sow, you'll be the one who's going to repeat. I've seen people at work. I've been a senior manager, and I've tried most of our Africans. They think degree is very important. So they will come into the office with their big shoulders, and, and you look at them, and you realize... 
they, they have already narrowed and lowered their promotion. Because when they come into the office, they start to investigate. Okay, my senior has a diploma. I have an honors. I have this. So they'll say, oh. And yet all the job, this is the guy who's going to give them the job. This is the guy who's going to recommend them. This is the guy who's going to promote them. As compared to you coming there as a servant to serve, you come with your bigness. You will remain with your bigness. People will come with metric and they will migrate and move forward. You know what we do? We, 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 tra we transfer somebody to Polokwane. We promote him when he goes to Polokwane because he comes from head office. He serves in Polokwane for six months. We tell him, uh, Lady P, you go to Polokwane for six months and then we'll bring you back. Now, when we bring him back, he's a leader of the section and you are still there with your honors and your masters. You get so offended and we just look at you until you kiss the ring of the king, you'll never receive the favor of the king. Unfortunately, most of us, we think we are strong. And it's then that you discover, have I lowered myself? Have I been kinder? Have I been understanding? I'll be far. May the Lord bless us. Those are the things we did. If you want, the message is there from last week. But today we are talking what causes people to stop and park. And uh, uh, here we are talking about the non-committed Christian, the wayside Christian, or the seed that fell by the wayside. As we read in the book of Proverbs, the Bible gives us an assent. says it happened, uh, uh, the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 4, says it happened as he sowed that, that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Seeds needs to be covered to germinate and to grow. So I want to challenge you this morning. They need to be uh, nurtured and they need to be protected to flourish. And that is the main part. The wayside is the most unfertile and fruitful part of the surface. So when you fall by the wayside, sometimes you, you started first being fruitful, then you became, you know, the one by the, by the bushy place, and then you regressed, you became the one on the rocky place, and now you are by the wayside. You can be picked anytime. I say, you don't need to be told. You can see the engagement and the disengagement of people that they are no longer part and parcel with you. It's just a matter of time. They are with you. Already they are offended, and therefore they are on their way out. Um, so we say they mature. Most believers and Christians are on the wayside because, one, they do not believe in their prophet. Number one, they do not believe in their prophet. The Bible says, believe in his prophet, so you shall prosper. It's a requirement in scripture. It's not an idea of men. They come, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were the wayside believers. They believed in God, they were in the church, but they never received the gift that God gave them. They rejected that gift. Uh, the book of Second uh, uh, Chronicles 2020b, the last part of the verse, it says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophet and you shall prosper. When you do, when you do not believe, you will not receive. It's a simple principle. The day you disengage, you can't partake. Even in your, you are in the midst of greatness, midst of wisdom, midst of power, and then you fail. There is a, a documentary that was done about the kingdom of heaven. The 1100 is a true story when Jerusalem was overtaken by Muslims. And uh, when the, Jerusalem was captured, uh, the kingdom of heaven, when Jerusalem was captured, the guy who became king, they asked him a simple question. 
Why did you not learn from your great leader who was more wise than all of us? Because for so many years, for more than 100 years, the kingdom of, uh, the kingdom of Jerusalem could not be overtaken because they moved from using physical war to use mental persuasion. So they persuaded nations around that it is to your benefit. Grow your nation, build houses, do whatever, but war won't help anyone. We will kill ourselves. And when you look at the documentary, the king was a young boy of 29, but he followed on the ways of his grandparents, and he did very well. And this is the same challenge that I'm giving to us. Uh, you need to believe. If you don't believe, you can't receive. The day you disengage, people will be shocked that everybody else around you is prospering. There is a wisdom, there is a certain wisdom in our church that other people don't have. And that wisdom, if you follow it, you will succeed and move far and further. And sometimes, people fail because they never come back to ask, can you give me further wisdom in this regard? Hallelujah. Mark chapter 6 verse 5. It says, now he will do no mighty works there, except that he had he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. So, as you look at the book of Mark 6, 5, it talks about Jesus, that Jesus could not do any mighty works because the people that were there were familiar with him. So, part of the struggles we have, the wayside, the not committed, this wayside, the offended ones, they will never receive because I remember one day a, a young man in the church uh, offended some of my leaders, two of my senior leaders, while they were teaching. And this guy said to them, uh, he called me by my name, Vincent, and they were very upset. And they said, you can't call Muruti Vincent. Uh, he's Pastor Vincent, at least. That's how far you should go. And uh, the guy says, I don't, I don't recognize him, you know. But he wants to be a member of our church. I don't know if you understand he says, I can recognize Muruti Bahai. It's like, Muruti Bianarera. And then uh, uh, somebody said, uh, I don't recognize your pastor, pastoral position. You know, somebody telling you. It's a very difficult issue. I don't know you get it. So, because of that, you are the wayside. You will never receive from that person. And who knows that day is your day. God was going to turn your life. So, Jesus, when Jesus appeared, when Jesus appeared, Jesus had the same power, the same authority, but only those who believe could receive from him. May you receive this morning in the name of Jesus. May every unbelief in your heart be broken in the name of Jesus. So you have to understand that God's ways prospers through his prophets. God has said it, if you believe, you will prosper. You must believe that Jesus Christ is Lord for you to be saved. Those who don't believe that Jesus is Lord, they say Jesus is a prophet. They will never benefit from the prophets that come from believing in Christ Jesus. He will remain a far distant figure because to you, Jesus is not salvation. But to us who believe, Jesus is salvation and it enables us to move forward. Number two, what is it that makes non-committed Christians to, to die? This year, as the year starts, make a decision I'm going to be committed. I'm going to force myself to find joy and commitment. They do not honor their prophet. Number one, we say they don't believe. Number two, we say they don't honor. Honor your prophet, as the Bible says. In this, Jesus the son, they said, they said, when Jesus appeared, they said, Jesus the son, is it not 
Jesus, the son of a carpenter. Is he, is he this guy not a woodcutter? It's like, it's like you come and then they look at you. I remember in political cycles, one of the leaders of Kosatu uh, is a nurse, was a nurse before he became president of Kosatu. And when they were angry against him, they were saying, nurse, sister. They were calling him sister, <laughs> sister, sorry, so. He's a male. But they were trying to reduce. So it doesn't matter even if he comes with some brilliant, powerful ideas. They will never receive those ideas. And they will stay in their poverty because they have already rejected their own future. Every leader that comes has a potential to uplift you if you open your heart. There is something that you can learn even from a fool that I better keep quiet than to speak because a fool always trips through his mouth, not with his legs. You know, it's his mouth that leads him astray. He speaks too hastily. So they said when Jesus appeared, they said, is, is he not the son of a carpenter? Is he not uh, the, the brother of James? Uh, he had no honor with the, with the people around him. They could not receive the virtue that, that was on Jesus. They, they could not receive the grace, the anointing that was on Jesus. Jesus had no honor in their eyes. Mark chapter 6 verse 4. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. And it's very common that here at TCC, people will take me for granted. Because I talk with you casually, and so you never listen. Uh, we might be talking, say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, and I say to you, please, do it this way, this way. You, you, you listen to what I said, you say, ah, it's just one of the many things that you say. And then the pain comes. I remember when we visited one of our leaders who was in trouble. When we arrived, the leader cried. He says, I regret because you told me. There isn't much we can do. Ed, it's, it's, a, it's a wrong thing for us to say to you, we told you so. So the person cried, says, hey, I wish I've listened. Now I can see I'm really deep into trouble. I can't come out of this situation. And here Jesus was saying the prophet is without honor. Never take us for granted. The, the, the challenge they had, they had, instead of celebrating their own, to say God has remembered us, has sent us our own prophets, they chose not to believe. And therefore, they were tricked because they will believe strangers. They will believe, they will believe uh, 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 trickery from others who come from far. But because you come, you are a leader. In my family, when I became a pastor, there were a few people who received me. And uh, as time went on, the number of those who believe increased. They didn't believe because they believed that I'm a pastor. The works that I did and the words that they heard from others, they wish they could receive. But what they have done is that they have mocked before they understood what was going on. So even yourself, you have to make a decision. You know, I'm going to give honor to my shepherd. Your cell leader is making all efforts to grow you, to make you a mature believer. We are praying and fasting. You have been given an opportunity to lead. For us, it's not, we are not much interested in the fact that you are not like so and so. No. We want to see the potential you have so that you can start to believe in yourself. That as well, as they said, many are called, 
I'm part of the many that are called. But when you despise, demean, belittle, you yourself, you'll be despised, demeaned, and belittled. Your people will never follow you. In your rebellion, people will rebel against you. I've seen managers who criticize their superiors. They think they are, their juniors will be happy. And soon after that, their juniors behave exactly as he behaves. They come against, they sabotage, and even with ourselves, we need to look at ourselves seriously. They do not honor their prophet, so it is my challenge. Learn to honor us in the name of Jesus. If you want to prosper, believe and honor your prophets. There is no, sometimes people say they want us to say uh, the traditional prophets, prophecies that people do. Sometimes when we speak, we are, we are more casual but extremely prophetic. Extremely prophetic. When we speak with you, don't listen only with your interested ear. You know, the interested ear is an itching ear that wants to hear what it wants to hear. Some things that we will say might be difficult and very hard for you to receive. But have a listening ear so that your life is preserved. Because God preserved Israel through Moses. Your life will be preserved. If you listen to what we teach, what we say to you, your life will be preserved. Many years ago, I, I did our missionary trip to Zambia. And then I preached in the church. And I told them, I said, it will be sad. I was taking an offering so that I have money. We were driving to, to Zambia. We'll be in Zambia for two weeks, so we needed money for petrol. The distances we are covering. And I said to them, I said, it is said that you will give a big offering to somebody who's not your pastor. And when I ask for your assistance, you will not give and book me. And I said, that is not supposed to be. I said, anyone who honors a, a stranger more greatly shows your level of foolishness. Even after they preached powerfully. You are able to give a big offering somewhere. But you can't, you can't say, oh, pastor, you know, you have been my pastor. One of my 12 came to me last year, late last year. And he said, hey, you have been my, if I look at the things you have done for us, literally I am who I am because you have helped me. I've taken your counsel, your advice. It's, it's a shame that I've not honored you. And I said, it's a revelation that you see. Most people, they will want to look big elsewhere while at home, they are destructive. They want to have honor with people who don't know them. Because with us, we know you. Even when you come, sometimes we know, when you give a gift sometime, we know you are in trouble. You get it? So we help you in the process so that you don't get into this gospel that you can trade God like a swap machine, you know, where they play game. Give 10 rand and then uh, you will get this. Give 20 rand and you will get this. Uh, if you give 7,000, uh, we, will, we will give you we'll give 50,000. Those kinds of prayers that delay and deceive the church. So you have to honor. Learn to honor. And that way God will honor you. Hallelujah. Amen. They did not receive from him. Therefore his anointing did not work upon them. Honor the prophet in your heart and... Uh, uh, you have to understand, as I said, I am a prophet of God to you, that God has sent to you. 
Never allow yourself to dishonor me or to dishonor our leaders. Uh, you should know that you will automatically dishonor. Somebody spoke so bad. He's a person we helped a lot. And I said to the person, everything that you have received from us, you have kicked it out. And I said, there's going to be another wisdom that is going to come. Yeah. I said, there will be another wisdom that will replace this. You will be like a prodigal son. You see, when prodigal son refused the wisdom of his father, he did his own wisdom. And guess what? After a number of years, we don't know how long, when he came back home, he realized that he made a great error. He committed a great sin. And this is why he said, I will say to my father, I've sinned against you. Some things you just need to stay put until the right time. Hallelujah. Number three, they do not get attached to their prophets. They don't. The, the wayside seed, the Bible says, some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and consumed them. And Jesus explains in verse 14 of Mark 4, he says, and this Satan comes quickly and consumes them. They are literally possessed. They are being taken over. Be emotionally attached to your prophet. Numbers chapter 11, verse 27 to 29. And it says, And a young man ran and told Moses and said, Ildad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of the choice men said, uh, answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. Then Moses said to him, I use zealous for my sake. Listen, you have to learn to be zealous for our sake. If somebody demeans me or any of our leaders, they are demeaning you. That's why we always say, never find yourself in the company of criticizing other pastors, regardless that everybody's writing their false prophet. Think about the time of Jesus. If there were news headlines, what do you think they wrote? Because Jesus didn't fit in the norm. Maybe the prophet that you call a false prophet is that prophet that doesn't fit in the norm. But in a year, five years, ten years from now, you might find the revelation has arrived. Everybody understands a little bit. I don't know you get it. I don't know you get it. Jesus was not received. I can imagine the headlines, the trickster, the musician, the magician has come to town. Be careful. He will trick you. Because people, when they don't understand, they criticize. People, when they don't understand, they reduce. And then before you know it, they, they themselves later, they want to partake. But because of their big mouth, They've disqualified and dispossessed themselves. So here, Joshua was zealous for Moses. When he realized these people were misbehaving, or they seemed like they are misbehaving, he ran to Moses and said, stop them, my father. Why? Because he was zealous. He didn't want them to spoil the work that Moses was doing. And he says, oh, that all the lost people were prophets. Moses is talking to Joshua. He says, I wish all God's people were prophets. And that the Lord will put his spirit upon them. That was his, his desire. To say, I wish all of God will put their spirit. You must be zealous for your prophets and for us. When, uh, then the anointing will, fall, will, will flow upon your life. When you are zealous, when you understand that, you can't be on the wayside. You can't be 
and Christian who is not committed. Because you will be guided and directed. This is why we take people along with us everywhere we go in order to create an environment for others to learn and to have an understanding. The book of Numbers chapter 11 verse 29. And Moses said to him, are you zealous for my sake? Are you zealous for my sake? Be emotionally attached to the work that we do. Joshua was emotionally attached to Moses. And it's not surprising that he inherited from Moses. Yeah. Moses had his own sons, his own biological children. But his own biological children could not receive from Moses. Joshua believed. He was fully convinced. Moses is my prophet. Moses is the one called by God. Moses is my man of God. He didn't, he didn't mix it. Even when Moses was going home, the Bible tells us Joshua will remain in the tabernacle. Joshua will make sure that he cleans everything is up to speed when Moses, Moses is going home. Joshua believed and he, he desired that which Moses had. He saved Moses. And it's not so surprising that after this, this part, uh, Joshua was easily ushered uh, because he became the one who was zealous, who desired great things for God. May the Lord have mercy on us. Jesus, uh, Joshua was emotionally attached to Moses. You cannot connect without an emotional connection. You must be zealous. You must be very proud of the, the teachings we teach. They might look strange, but I tell you, they will secure your life. They will move you to such a higher level that I always say to people, when you have prospered, you must not have a worry about tomorrow. But when you have not prospered, the prosperity you have might create in your heart a worry because your, pro your prosperity is not a secured prosperity. I know a man, I work with a man, uh, uh, Robert. Uh, he owned uh, some of the estates in Centurion. I can call them by name. And uh, Robert lost all those estates. All, I mean all. I can call them by name. He's the one who built them and own them. He was telling me some of the estate he had like 50, houses. Yeah. He says, I was doing very well. I was, I became very arrogant. I became so powerful in my little world. And then he says, one day I slipped and I lost everything. And he says, this why he has come back to work because the owner of the company, the company we worked for, knew him. So he did him a favor and said, listen, come and work and, you know, recover your dignity. Be able to pay for your own rent and what you can eat. Am I telling somebody? Be, be fully connected so that God can help you. Hallelujah. There is a wisdom that is not of this world. When you talk about it, it doesn't make sense. For him, his wealth, all these houses were loans. You know, they take these super loans. They are companies. They take super loans. 100 million. You are running 100 million and you are told by accountants that you will offset your tax and whatever. And I say, I don't want my members to try and buy things to offset tax. The roads are built by our taxes. So I'm happy to have to pay tax. We have water electricity that is like most, we might be the only country in the whole continent. We have got water reticulation. I mean, the whole continent. I don't know if Zimbabwe things are still working. But people don't have a tap. Go into the house, have a tap. If they have a tap, they've bought the water 
they put the tank. They, they, I don't know if you understand. Do you, do you understand how uh, complex South Africa is? That most of households have a tap. You can open the water, drink, and all of that. And this is the challenge that if we don't, we don't believe, we will not be connected. And if we are not connected, we cannot enjoy. Number four and the last one for this segment. They do not believe in their spiritual father. We said number one, they do not believe in their prophets. Number two, they don't honor the prophets. Number three, they are detached uh, from the prophet. Number four, they do not believe in their spiritual father, which is different from just the prophet. Because you can, you can say, oh, he's my prophet, he's my prophet. But this is the most profound and most powerful thing, that if you don't believe this, you will never partake. Uh, I've said this many times, that there are certain things that have been done for me. Have they not been done, I will not be where I am. They do not believe in their spiritual father. Engage into the fatherhood tie with your father, the spiritual father, and your prophets. Uh, there must be a natural flow. Uh, there must be a natural flow between you and your spiritual father. Even in the natural, you must have a very good flow with your natural father. If you are to inherit. Can you tell your neighbor, only sons inherit. There's no way anyone will inherit if you are not a son. Oh, you can say, oh, so and so is my, is my prophet. You must move beyond prophet to sonship. You must, you must become. The ways that they are they're uncommitted. They want to be there. They want, they want to come and preach. But they are not willing to lay the foundation. They are not willing to date it themselves. Yesterday I went to bury one of my uncles. And... Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit told me in the morning, take your overalls. Take what? Your overalls. And I thought about it. You know, my overalls are always ready. They are on the side. But when I left, I forgot about it, got into my car, drove. When I arrived at the village, there is a, a responsibility my father, if he was alive, he was expected to do. Because there are uncles in that family. And when I arrived, they say, ha, you are the son of our uncle, so you are our uncle today. Please, the pots are there, they be going cook. <laughs> in my suit. In, in what? Yeah, so you take off the jacket and whatever. When I came here, I was smoking. I was smoked yesterday. You know, smoking seriously. I had smoke in my eyes, in my clothes. Every part of my body was fully smoked. And I said, if I have listened, but I, there is a benefit I enjoy because I'm the son of my father. My father is no more. But my appearance, when I arrived, they say, hey, you, the spirit led you. You are here today. Uh, these are your duties that your family is supposed to do for us. And uh, my aunts were there, and everybody was very happy. But you can imagine, about two, three hours with my little fasting, turning the pots. At some stage, I was seeing one, two, three, four stars. From that... Uh, <laughs> Have you cooked on the, on the big pots? I'm not taking small pots. And I realize I am the son of my father. And people recognize that. So there are benefits for that. I can tell you the benefits for me to be an uncle there. And so the, the mindset to honor your father is the same. You cannot spiritually inherit 
I know people despise spiritual things. But you cannot spiritually inherit the powerful things of God if you demean, belittle your, your own father. And you, because your father hasn't gone to school as much as you have gone, you switch him for your uncle. Yeah, there are children like that. They, they will not recognize their parents because I always say you can't change your father. You can't change your mother. I told you, of, these are true stories. One guy invited his mother-in-law. Uh, the the, the mother-in-law visited them here in Pretoria. The house is nice. They are medical doctors, highly educated. And the woman uses snuff. You know snuff? She puts snuff here. In her house, she's got the randavols uh, where she comes from. And now and then at night, she'll just pull that <laughs> and spit from the bed. She doesn't come out of the bed. And she'll take a, a very green cloth that she has been using for all these years and wipe her mouth and sleep. She will sort it out in the morning. And when she came to this posh, nice, powerful house at night, she spit on a cream white and not once. So in the morning, she picked whatever she can pick, but white carpet is not easy to take snuff out of it. That tobacco is stubborn. So the daughter-in-law thought, my mother-in-law hates me. She did it intentionally. I said, listen, your mother is your mother is your mother. How can she be vengeful for you? You are her glory, her excitement. You are two generations, or even maybe two or three generations apart. Her worldview and your worldview, totally different. For her, she was taught. She's worshipping ancestors, the new snuff for ancestors, so when she speaks, she's sharing with her, with her ancestors. And I don't know, you get it. So you, you are stuck in your own world because you, have no, you are not a son. And so we told her, clean the carpet or change the carpet because your mother-in-law is you. She's going to be here again and again and again. The other group, what they did, they built a very nice house in Las Vendas, you know. And, uh, the house looks so posh. In the, in the village, and then they did all of that, and they destroyed the old huts that were around. The old woman decided, after the children have left, she took the curtain, put it on the side, and then uh, changed one of the rooms for her uh, chicks, the small chickens, the chicks, and then she kept them there, and then sometimes when it is, it, is, it is cold, she'll make her own fire in that room, <laughs> some smoke. When you come into the house after six months a year, the children realized there was smoke. The ceiling that was white is smoke. And they said, Ma, we bought you a microwave. We bought this. We are the one paying. It says electricity is expensive. I, I want my things this way. I want the tea that is boiled with this kind of fire and the tea that is boiled with. I mean, things that are not scientific, you know. But uh, I said to them, you know, you can't change your parents. Yeah, yeah. If they want to eat moroho, you can still buy meat. But when you are around, they will eat the meat. But immediately you go away, they'll call their neighbors and say, you know, uh, have this, I love this. So the same is true. If you are a true son, you will know what your parents stand for. Some things that you try to do might not be good enough uh, for your parents. You know, some people have tried very hard to change their, their parents. And I said, are, your parents are the foundation. Help them as much as you can, but don't try and change them. Share, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there are certain things that are in them that you will always frustrate yourself. 
Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, we take pictures with our drunken uncles. He's my uncle. I preached to him so many times. But what can I do? Can I distance myself from my uncle? He's my uncle. I'm taking selfies and I'm posting on Facebook. You know, I don't forget one of my uncles was, was so gone. You know, and he looked at me and he laughed and he said, you know, he was an orphan. He was the last of all, all the family members. And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, I'll be rich one day. Yeah, that's what he said. Talking to me. He looked at me and he laughed. And he said it. And you don't believe. When he died, he was richer. From where he was to where he was, he had properties he owned that he had paid off and so forth. Now, you look at that and you say, wow. What has happened? This is, is the same uncle. He's my uncle. In his squalor, he's still my uncle. In his wealth and prosperity, he's still my uncle. But you want him to be your uncle when he's doing well. May the Lord have mercy on us. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 12, and he says, And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. A son honors his father. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, it says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I'm your father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you, priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what have we despised your name? Your honor should be a full commitment. You get it? Listen, everybody inherits from somebody. You have never inherited because you have despised those you were supposed to inherit from. We have inherited. I was telling them yesterday about my grandmother and I said, I'm still convinced even today that my prosperity has come because when I was 16 years, accidentally, I brought my grandmother three case material, you know, this Mutuisa, the traditional dress. I bought a very nice, powerful dress, took it to my grandmother as a child. I asked my mother, can I buy? My mother chose the size. I paid for it. I got into a bus, went to the village. I was very excited, gave it to my grandmother, and my grandmother blessed me. I don't forget the way she said, this will be better than all my children, all my grandchildren. And today, I'm still, I'm still there. You will do well. You will succeed. I know that I'm succeeding not only because I went to school, because some people, they relate their education as their success. No, for me, it's the blessing. When I came into the ministry, Apostle Kenneth Mark prayed for me with my wife. There are words he said we'll never forget. And he said, words are arrows. They go far. They take you to a distant place. I mean, when, after he finished praying, we were crying all the way and shocked. Is it possible? Can this thing happen to us? Oh, you will do well. You'll go overseas. You'll have churches everywhere. This is what is going to happen to you. And uh, you will be greater and more powerful. Your brothers will serve you. I said, hey, this man. This is why I like that blessing of Judah. You remember the place of Judah? We're blessed with that blessing of Judah. Yes. So when, when I look at it today, how can I forget my father? Because today I'm inheriting. I've inherited from him. I'm enjoying the blessing 
of what is given to me. I'm the son, the son of my father. When my father passed away, I inherited from my father. There's no contention. You cannot despise and then expect to, to receive. Why most pastors who leave never prosper? Because they despise their father. And then after they despise their father, they want to do the work of their father. It's more like the prodigal son who lives belittling, undermining all the principles that he was taught. And then later in life, for a few years, possibly showed as if he's succeeding, he's prospering, but he didn't. And even today, as we close this message, I want to bring this to you, that the wayside, the non-committed Christian, the greatest cause of their downfall is their inability to be covered. What we are talking about is covering. Believe in the covering that God has provided for you. And God will prosper you. And John chapter 1 verse 12, it gives a very powerful close to the fact that only sons inherit. Jesus, when we come to Jesus, we do not only get, get born again, but we become sons. Why? Because sons are the ones who inherit. He says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Can you tell your neighbor, I am a son of God? Tell, tell your neighbor, I'm a beneficiary. Tell them, I am a beneficiary. Don't be jealous. Tell them, I am a beneficiary. My name is on my father's will. Jesus, after we received him, our names were written. That's why God says, ask of me, and I will give you nations for your inheritance. For you, you are still fighting for, to be a powerful engineer. You are playing. For us, we are, we are contending for nations. It's like we are playing when we go to Winterfell to start the church. It will, it will be like we are playing, but it's a pre-show. Pre you know pre-show? Like you go to the movies, they show the movie that is coming. Yes, it's a pre-show. One day we'll sit here and say, uh, we have conquered this nation, we have conquered that nation, we have conquered that nation, we have conquered... And all of us will sit back and say, this thing looks like it's impossible. No, it's because when we were starting churches, people were laughing at us and say, these are no churches, you are playing games. The little, little things that you're doing, you think you're doing something significant. And then five years, ten years down the line, nobody can stand anymore. Why? Because we played the game of our father. I always tell my children, we play Monopoly once a year in December. <laughs> and I say to them, this is the true game of life. The ones who start early, in Monopoly you have to start early. You build early. The one who start early, has the potential to stay long on the game or to win the game. And I said, life is like that. All those who take their time doing all the other things that they're not supposed to do, playing the dice and just going around and talking with their friend, guess what? By the time you appear, we have all the title deeds. By the time you appear, we have built hotels. You can't go anywhere. You are at our mercy. And then we alienate you. The same is true. God through Jesus Christ has made us to be sons. And because we are sons, we have access to things that others do not have access to. Can we pray? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to pray for yourself. Lord, help me to be committed. May I not be a non-committed Christian. May I not be the seat that is not covered. I believe in my prophet. I believe in my father. Lord, help me to be a good child 
who takes instruction without offense. Help me, Lord, that when I'm given opportunity to do the work for the kingdom, my father is giving me the work to do the I'm not going to dispute and fight and disinherit myself. Can we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor. We receive today the sonship. We receive today the covering. We receive today the power of God upon our life. We thank you, Father, for our fathers. We thank you, Father, for our prophets that have assisted and helped us. Even today, Father, we commit our hearts to you. We thank you for this grace in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for your wishes, Lord, for as many as received Jesus, he gave them the right to be sons of God. Father, we thank you that today we have come into your house. We are beneficiaries and sons of God. We thank you, Father, for this grace. We lift up your name for this power. We glorify you, Father, for the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and today we run into it, and we are safe. We thank you, Father, for this. While all eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I want to pray together with you. Maybe you are here. You have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us for uh, all those who received him, he gave them the right to be called sons of God. This morning, you can be born again. This morning, you can be a son of God. You can be translated. By receiving Jesus, you are given a privilege and opportunity to be a child of God. So if you are here today, say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus. I want to be born again. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be a child of God. Just lift up your hand wherever you are seated and we'll pray together. I want to receive Jesus. I want to be born again. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be a child of God. Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Luarte. For more life-transforming messages, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel at Emmanuel Christian Church HOJ.